0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اللهم صلِّ وسلِّم على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله سيدنا محمد وبارِك وسلِّم رب الشحلِي صدري والسرِّي أمري وأحلُّ عقدهم اللسان يفقه قولي سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا معلمتنا سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا معلمتنا سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا معلمتنا ما بعد الله مناور قلوبنا بعلمك واستعمل أبداننا لطاعتك ووفقنا لما تحب وترضى من القول والعمل والفعل والنية والهداة إنك على كل شيء قدير. Beloved brothers and sisters and respected listeners assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh inshallah we will today be um, continuing from the kitab al raqaq or the section of um Imam, uh, of sahih bukhari that deals with uh, raqaq the um, those are hadith that soften the heart raqaq so the hadith we covered last time i was t- i was doing the dars was the hadith where nabi alayhi salatu mentioned the benefits of certain actions that will make a person haram on the fire of jahannam if you remember it was 10 things we covered the hadith of sahih bukhari related by utban bin malik Ansari anhu he says that the prophet sallallahu came to me with a hadith that no servant on the day of resurrection says la ilaha illallah seeking the pleasure of allah and that if anybody comes on the day of judgment uh on the, on the day of judgment saying la ilaha illallah sincerely with the intention of gaining allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's pleasure then allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make jahannam forbidden upon him so based on that hadith we looked for other hadith in which rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam Mentioned something similar, like basically different actions. For example, performing, if you may remember, two rakat extra, meaning four rakat after Salat al-Dhuhr. Four rakat after Salat al-Dhuhr would be a means of a person. Something simple as that. Already we're performing four before Dhuhr, two after Dhuhr. If you had another two, that was one of the ten things that were covered. That a person, Inshallah, Allah Jal will make the fire of hell haram upon him. So Inshallah, today's hadith that is next after that. Um, is, also, is the uh, hadith that is um, very much relevant with what, all of our lives And especially what's happening in the Islamic world right now In Turkey and Syria and, uh, and what the world is witnessing, subhanAllah Unfortunately, not much attention even in the news media has been given to uh, This unbelievable uh, musibah and test that has befallen us. وبيقال حديثنا قتيبة قال حديثني عقوب بن عبد الرحمن عن عمرو عن سعيد المقبري عن برهان رضي الله عنه أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال يقول الله تعالى ما المؤمن عندي جزاء إذا قبضت صفيه من أهل الدنيا ثم احتسبه إلا الجنة. Hadith six thousand four hundred twenty-four from Sahih Bukhari. Abu Huradialla narrates that Allah's Messenger wasalam, says, I have nothing to give but paradise as a reward to my believer. To, to my believer slave. Allah عز. says, I have nothing to give but paradise as a reward to my believer slave who, if I cause his dear friend or relative to die, remains patient and hopes for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's reward. So in this hadith we see that this is a hadith Qudsi which you have uh, definitely I've heard the explanation before A hadith in which Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam narrates from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Prophet wa is saying that Allah azza wa jal says this this so here are the meaning is of Allah azza wa jal and the words are also of Allah azza wa jal. in other hadith the meaning is from Allah Azza wa and the words are of that of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. it's a very simple explanation of this so here Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa narrating from Allah that Allah Azza wa says that my believing servant I have nothing to give my believing servant so we understand from this that the reward of patience that is being mentioned in this hadith is only for a believer and that is the huge perks of being a believer you know they have these when you want to go purchase online anything you have the pros and cons you have the you have explanation of the entry-level intermediate level and you know high-end model what are the differences you want to get a credit card you want to purchase a blender you want to purchase a car for every single thing you will have all box comparing the benefits you get from each of these items and there'll be a check mark, the one, the highest, and we'll have check, 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 all the way down. Like, okay, this is why I should probably invest a little bit more because I get all of these uh, perks from it. So when you compare the life of a believer and a disbeliever, and you start seeing that someone may say that what was the point of being a believer when believers also go through problems, believers also suffer loss of life, believers also suffer loss of job, Believers also suffer diseases and disgrace at times and now in this case a massive massive earthquake how does that help? and so we learn from this is that yes difficulties will come upon this world to everyone and uh, people will suffer but people who have Iman and only the people who have Iman they actually have something to look forward to when the dust when the dust settles when it's all over Even if they have died, even if their whole family has died in front of them, even though they have lost all wealth, but alhamdulillah they've got something to look forward to, which is the pleasure of Allah and the everlasting paradise. That option is only available for a believer. No other individual, no matter how righteous they may be, how God-fearing apparently they may be, how kind they may be, if there is no Iman, those rewards are not present. And so us sitting here listening, how blessed we should feel that yes we are very sinful we are very far away from where we need to be but allah bless you and i iman and due to that iman at this very moment any difficulty that we you and i are experiencing if we simply have patience and expect rewards from allah that uh, then our uh, what we where we will be be allah ta'ala at the end will be not light years is not a right word we will just be in a whole different world compared to anyone who was not blessed with this Iman. And so what did you and I do to, to gain this Iman? Nothing. We were gifted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? If someone is gifted, he didn't earn it, he didn't inherit it, he was gifted out of the blue, some immense amount of money, or a, a, a luxurious beautiful home. How indebted he would feel to that individual who's given him this gift. Much, much, much more should be the level of feeling of gratitude, and being indebted to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the gift of Iman that you and I have. By virtue of which whatever difficulty any one of us or our loved ones are going through even if that we cannot solve that problem but the ajr that we will get for this will be so great that on the day of judgment we will be wishing that our life was filled only with difficulties and that there was not a single moment, a single evening Where we could rest Not a single day Where we could relax Not a single week Where we could put our guard down But rather every single day Every single week Back to back Back to back Difficulties Problems Issues That will be the desire of a believer On the day of judgment When he sees the rewards he has gotten For the few times that he got tested And was patient Allahu Akbar the Prophet ﷺ's mashour, famous hadith that when the people of afia, the people who had an easy life, will look at the people who had a difficult life on the day of judgment, and then at that time they will be wishing that on the day of, that in the world we wish that scissors would have been brought and our skin would have been cut into small pieces. Right? Why is that again? Because the immense rewards that they're getting. Another hadith of Sahih Muslim: The Prophet sallam said. The person who had the most difficult life, I'm sorry, the person who had the most enjoyable life, what you and I would term as a billionaire, you and I would term as a person living on his own luxury private island, probably, and on and on, the list goes. If that individual who was destined to hellfire were to be brought on the Day of Judgment, fi nari and then he is been dipped, sabqa dipped. He is allowed to just take a peek into hellfire. Right? He's rather, I should say, forced to take a peek into hellfire. He's dipped into hellfire, and then he's brought out. And Allah asks him, "O oh my servant, al qat, have you ever witnessed any luxury? Have you ever witnessed any comfort?" What do you say? And he will take an oath and he will say, Ya Allah, I swear I have never, I don't even know what you're asking. I don't know what you're asking. Ma naim qat. I have never, ever seen, witnessed, or experienced any type of comfort in my life. Remember, this is according to the hadith, the one who had the most enjoyable life, the one who had the most luxurious life. But one second into hellfire will make him forget everything. And the flip side of it, jannah, uh, That the person who suffered the most difficulties in this world, while being headed to paradise, will be brought on the Day of Judgment. I Meaning his nails were probably pulled out, his skin was torn apart, his hands and feet were chopped up. Allah alam, what other type of difficulty, he might have seen his own children, his spouse, in right in front of his eyes being killed. And much worse, much worse, much, much worse than that. The one who's gone through the most difficulty. Rasulullah say he's be brought, he will be brought. Jannah. He will be dipped into paradise, will be allowed to witness, will allow to allow his eyes to fall upon Jannah for a moment. And then Allah will ask him. Oh my servant, have you has difficulty ever passed by you? Has difficulty ever passed by you? Have you ever come in contact with something that you don't like? With something that goes against your ways and wishes? And he will say, Allah, I swear, I have never experienced anything that, that is challenging, that is difficult, that it doesn't go the way I want. One moment in paradise will make him forget a hundred years of absolute horror in this world. That just tells us the, of what dunya is compared to the akhirah. That literally everything of the akhirah will make a person completely forget. The, the paradise of, of akhirah will make a person forget all his difficulties. And the difficulties of the akhirah will make a person forget all the luxuries. If Allah only allows you and I to understand this hadith, our whole a viewpoint of life will change, our, our worldview will change. Because we will stop thinking that this world is a place where we have to focus on building, and not wor- and remain unaware and disinterested in building our hereafter. That won't happen when a person really understands the ramifications of this. You know what a mother, when after going through so much difficulty, giving a simple example, nine months of absolute difficulty. But when Allah Azzawajal allows her eyes to fall upon that newborn baby, when she hears the sound of that newborn baby, no matter how much difficulty she has gone through, the moment of contact with her child makes her forget everything. Suddenly, it's as it was all worth it. That's one small example of this dunya. That subhanallah, yes, as a believer, we're going through difficulties in this world, but we're still very important lesson to be teaching our children to be teaching our youngsters who look at the bad news that happens in the Muslim world and become disenfranchised become disinterested in Islam start having doubts and you need to realize that time, any abuse someone called you a name in school someone ridiculed you someone stopped you while traveling whatever you're going through this is literally you know uh, you can, it's not even worth mentioning Compared to the ajr that is awaiting for you and I, on the other end, It's all going to be 100% worth it. And it's not like people who don't say, La ilaha illallah, don't go through difficulties. They go through immense, pick up any newspaper, go through any news website. Most of the crime that's happening, most of the crime, most of all the horrible things are happening to people. People getting cheated, people getting scammed, people being... You know, uh, mistreated all over the world In jails, in hospitals Fulan, fulan what's, Who are they? It's just random, miskeen non-Muslims And they go through this difficulty And what's there waiting for them? Nothing Allah Azza wa mentions this in, in the Quran Surah al nisa min ma la Indeed, innahum The kuffar and the disbelievers are suffering the way you are suffering after the battle of Uhud. Alright? In Badr you made them suffer. In Uhud you're both suffering. Listen, you're not the only one suffering. Innahum ya'lamun They are also suffering just like you're suffering. But there's one big difference. Arjuna You have something to look forward to from Allah while they do not. That's it. This, this portion of this ayah of Surah Nisa nisa should really give all of us such an amazing way to understand the world's events. <inaudible> it's not that the Muslims are always suffering. Who said so? Everywhere, every time, every second, billions of non-Muslims are going through difficulty. Billions. You look at the poverty that's there in Africa. You look at the poverty that's there in India. You look at the poverty that's there all over in Southeast Asia and other parts of the world. All these non-Muslim children per- perishing out of starvation, and and you see all these non-Muslim women, uh, you know, not having access to healthcare and dying. Subhanallah, unbelievable, horrific stories that happen in the world. <sighs> but they don't have iman. That's the thing that we should be really crying about—the fact that Subhanallah is going down in vain. On the other hand, in that same town, in that same village, you have believers of La Ilaha Illallah Muhammad Rasulullah who are going through similar, or less, or more pain or difficulty. But they have something to look forward to from Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. So this hadith and these type of ayat and hadith should give a person extreme happiness over the fact that he or she has been blessed with iman. Because problems are not going to go away. That's not dunya if you have a, if you have a problemless life. In dunya there must be things happening against your wishes, against the way you have planned things. that's the name of the game all the time something that you um, don't want shall happen and the question is how do you respond to that and so there's over ninety places in the Quran where Sabr has been mentioned and it's one of the fundamentals of our deen okay but and and if a, a person no matter how you know it's not never enough we have to tell ourselves Repeatedly, again and again, we have to be speaking about this concept. Because we're all going through challenges, and every single day we have an opportunity to gain Jannah. Every day. you know, Sometimes you say, Ramadan is not every day, Laylatul Qadr is not every day. You're right. But you and I have an opportunity to gain Jannah every day if we simply remain patient in the face of difficulties that we go through. Sabar is something so comprehensive there are multiple books written on this topic but subhanAllah, yani a portion, I mean I can't share everything here obviously so much this is a whole huge section of our deen but I want to share with you is the fact that Sabar literally as ulama have said it, comp- it encompasses our entire life it's such a concept that encompasses every aspect of our deen for example Write, if a person is tempted to fulfill his lust in a haram manner, being invited towards to fulfill his lustful desires, in a haram manner, and he doesn't do so, he does sabr. This is called iffa. this is called afif, to be chaste. And the opposite is fujur and zina. Okay. If a person is tempted to eat something which is haram, or to eat something of the, uh, that belongs to someone else and he says no to it this is called sumya sharafun nafs wa nafs it's called sharafun nafs meaning you're, you ha- you have an honorable soul you have you have dignity and the opposite of that is called danaa wa nafs lowliness, and to be uh, you know uh, to to have a, a to 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 have a nafs that is uh, clinging to the ground and doesn 't have an honorable station in the world. if you are tempted to say something, which is not good to say, share a secret, curse at someone who has cursed you, uh, give back answer to your elder, whatever it case be, then this is called Kitman Ciin to hide a secret which you're supposed to keep a secret inside wa ifsha. the opposite of that is spreading rumors backbiting accusing someone etc and then an al if you are tempted to have accessory um, extraordinary unnecessary, unnecessarily high expenses to purchase something you don't need to, more than you, 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 beyond your needs. There's a temptation for that. إِنْ كَانَ عَنْ فُضُولِ الْعَيْشِ And you remain firm and did sabr, سُمِّيَ زُهْدًا This is called zuhud. This is called to have ascetism. وَضِدُّهُ حِرْصًا And the opposite of that, and the lack of that sabr is called greed and hirs. And if you have patience with that amount that is enough for you to survive, that's called qanaah right? To be content. And the opposite of that is also called حرس. وَإِن كَانَ عَنْ إجابة دَاعِي الْغَضَبِ سُمِّيَ حِلْمًا If you have patience, when faced with a motivation to get angry, سُمِّيَ hilman. This is called Hilm, Burdubari, called forbearance. And the opposite of that is to be unnecessarily quick to become angry. If you have a temptation to jump the gun and be rushing through something which you shouldn't be, and you say, No, I'm going to. Deliberate on this issue, and I'm going to think about it for some time before I make a uh, decision. Then this is called tabat and waqar. Again, this is called to this is to be dignified and to be firm on your principles and to th- take things slowly at its at its you know at their own pace. diddu tayshan wa The opposite of that is to be, uh, qu- you know, quick in your decisions. Khifa is someone whose akal, whose intelligence is a little bit not all there, and he jumps to making decisions quicker than he should be. Wa an ijabati If you have patience in front of a desire to run away from your from the battlefield, this is called sumiyah shaja. It's called shaja or bravery. وَضِدُّهُ جَبَان The opposite of that is cowardice. وَإِن كَانَ عَنَ الْإِنْتِقَامِ سُمِّي عَفْوًا If you are tempted to avenge yourself and you want to hit back someone who's harmed you, but you do sabr. This is called afu. This is called forgiving Safhan, This is called forgetting and the opposite of that is عقوبة, punishment, intiqam, and revenge. And so there are another ten things mentioned here. And so the end, the end the author mentions, that All of these examples show that sabr is connected to all levels of deen. Every level of deen, every good quality of deen, you have to have sabr. And so when a person strengthens this internal resolve and internal ability to be patient, literally his entire deen will become beautiful. And if we are lacking in one aspect, if we are lacking in this one issue which is called sabr, then unfortunately our entire deen will suffer. And so this is something beyond just, you know, you, tell, you hear people telling you by sabr, sabr, when you're going through difficulty. No. Our whole deen, subhanallah, is based on this. Again, the Prophet wasallam is saying in Hadith Qudsi, that Allah says, that He has nothing but paradise waiting for His believing servant and slave. Okay, what do, who, does, who has patience? When does he have patience? He has patience when Allah chooses to take away one of his beloveds. Some hadith talk about children losing a child. Specifically. Other, this hadith does not speak about child. It says your beloved. Could be your sister. Could be your brother. Could be your, a parent, of course. Could be a spouse. And that's whether we had patience or not, we would not have been able to stop what was decreed and what was meant to happen. However, we have by being patient, insha'Allah, earned Jannah. What is Safi? I told you this means someone who is chosen, right? Um, Mustafa. Also from the same word. Chosen one. And so, Allah al min nas Allah chooses Messengers um, From the humans As prophets And then From the angels Like Jibreel To deliver the message So istafa means to choose So when a person says This is my beloved friend This is my chosen friend This is my chosen relative Who I really have a strong connection with And then he cho- he, Allah chooses to take him away Sooner or later this is where the Jannah lies Remember, Allah's actions We always attribute goodness to Allah And we do not attribute evil towards Allah The apparent evil may be found in the maf'ool In that object, the object of Allah's action But the, the action itself can never be termed evil So for example, if a person dies as a disbeliever, that's very sad so that person's akhirah is yani, gone Evil has afflicted or evil is present in this person's death But we will not attribute the evil as I said towards Allah's, towards Allah's action of killing This is the adab and the etiquette that we have with Allah Allah's actions are not All of them are, are, are filled with wisdom Many of which you and I cannot understand Rain comes, pours down, and a person's basement floods. That's sad. His basement flooded. He's upset. He lost money. But in a drought, stick struck area, that rain was a huge blessing. So as thousands of people are rejoicing over the coming of the rain, the grass has become green, the crops have come back to life, the rivers are flowing, fish is coming, everything is going great. Specifically, however, this individual's got a flooded basement. So the action of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is great. and It we had a general, wisdom, a general benefit. Although some people may have suffered slightly or a lot. And there's wisdom in there as well. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted this action of his, his flooding of his basement, say for example, to become a means of him turning around in his life. How many times you and I have witnessed ourselves, people who we know that a passing away of a relative changed their life for good. A car accident changed their life for good. Loss of a lot of money changed their life for good. A divorce changed their life for good. All sorts of things happen in our life. We must use the challenges and the difficulties that come to us as a ladder to the next better you. Right, moving forward. All these quotes out, out there from non-Muslims. And Muslims too, people put it on their stand as memes are made and things of that sort about stand up and move forward and don't let, your, don't let the difficulties of the world hold you down SubhanAllah, what's this all about? that when life gives you lemons make lemonade what does that mean? is that you know there will be certain things in life that you can... there will be many things that are beyond your control it's how you react to that and that's what we all have to learn how do we handle difficulty? it's easier said than done Naturally, but the Quran and Hadith are replete with advice with with fada'il with virtues with examples We have to study it and we'll understand MashaAllah I uh, came across, you know, a scholar when I was just visiting South Africa and Subhanallah, he told me he had a book a very nice book he, that he published it was uh, the virtues and the thawab and the reward uh, for someone Who's lost a child? A whole book in English. Another book he had was Virtues of Sickness. I said, This is such an important topic you wrote on. This is so, so necessary, you know, and, and so beneficial. So he told me he went to go visit a sick person who was like going through some severe critical illness and a lot of pain. So he said, I sat with him for seven, eight minutes, ayada, went to go visit him. And I shared with him a few words from, Allah, from the Quran, a few words from Hadith, and it cheered him up. And he felt so happy that I came, and he was just, it changed his whole mood. So he said, I realized that I have to do something. This is a topic that he said, I went back and wrote 50 pages on it. So now he said, Many physicians are my, are, are my regulars. They come every week, every couple of weeks, purchase 100 copies. Small book, probably like a dollar. He said, Purchase. A, and he could have sold it, of course, for much, much more, but mashallah, he's not trying to make money off of these things. He, you know, he, by, by 100, he said, literally every Muslim patient the doctors go to, do They, I don't know if you're allowed to do that over here in this country. I'm not sure what's, what's the rules about that. But uh, maybe we should try to get some of those too. Because I think it, it really is so necessary that it's all about the perspective. You're sitting there thinking, oh my God, I'm dead. You know, I lost this, I lost that. This horrible, my life. My God, it went from frying pan into the fire. That could be a way and then subhanAllah a person who is supposed to die tomorrow dies today because of his just negativity and feeling depressed and whatnot. On the other hand, a person subhanAllah has this mindset of just being positive and that you know what? I never did dhikr and dua my whole life. Well guess what? I'm stuck to the bed now. What am I supposed to do? I'm just going to sit here and make Allah Allah and I'll make qada. I'll lay in my bed and make all the qada of my salah that I missed in the past. I don't know if I'm going to come out of this. So these few weeks, few days that he's in the hospital could be a huge life changing experience. And even if he passes away, he passes away. The ending is what counts. So, you know, like sometimes when I, sp- I speak to these uh, people who are leaving Islam or want to leave Islam or already left Islam, I said, listen, man, this is one big thing I always talk about. I said, I know as a believer, I can go to a grieving parent who's lost a child, I can go to a grieving son who's lost his mother, I can go to a grieving wife who's lost her husband. You know, I can go to a, divorcing, uh, a divorced wife or a divorced husband who are going through trauma and, and ask for advice, ولله alhamd الْحَمْدِ I'm confident that I can say something. That will definitely, definitely, you know, b- brighten the day for them. I might not go as far as to say bring a smile, but definitely lighten the day, lighten the mood and give them perspective. And I ask these atheists, agnostics, ex-Muslims, what have you got? What have you got to go tell someone That will brighten their day You've got nothing you said you've come from nothing You're going to nothing Suck it up and die That's what you've got to say You know that doesn't sound like a Very appeasing to me Subhanallah But we have something amazing We've got the Quran and the Sunnah That gives us No matter what you throw us into Even for Turkey You saw all those messages Are coming around The various hadith are coming around How is a mercy I mean who has that What is an atheist gonna say out of this you say, you know, where's the mercy of Allah? Well, okay, let's leave that discussion. That's a whole different topic. We've already talked about it. But, the, but what have you got? What's the alternative? What have you got to offer? You've got nothing to offer. You're, it's such a bleak. You think Islam is bleak? From your existence, is bleak. Your whole, the whole world is bleak. From top to bottom, it's nothingness. That's the most depressing thing. We're being told that if, I, if we lost my keys for five minutes, and I took, it got late coming to work for five minutes, coming to the salah for five minutes, or whatever the case may be, I got ajar for that. For five minutes of delay, I got ajr Because I lost my keys. I went around looking for it. And you, you've got, even if your whole family dies and perishes, there's no ajr. Because you don't believe in God. You don't believe in Akhirah. You don't believe in the hereafter. So, so really, we are so blessed to have Iman. So blessed to have this, the perspective that Islam and Iman gives us. And we ask Allah Azza wa Jal that He allows us to remain believers, strong believers, till the very end. Amin ya rabbal alameen. So we are t- talking about how evil is not attributed towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah's actions are always filled with wisdom and hikmah. It's just that we may not understand it. Sometimes a person may individually be harmed, but the community, generally speaking, is, ben- is benefiting from that. Additionally, from this hadith, we also understand that sabr <clears throat> is of course of, of multiple types. The hadith, this, this hadith is speaking about the sabr in the face of difficulty You know there are main three categories Sabr to remain firm and doing good Sabr to stay away from disobedience And sabr in front of the decisions of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And that sabr which will actually give us the ultimate reward Is the sabr that happens as soon as the difficulty afflicts us I'm sure you have heard the hadith of an incident of a lady who was crying at the grave of her son, and the Prophet sallallahu alaihi went by her and she said, and told her, "Ittaqillah wasbiri, fear Allah and remain patient." She told him, "Go away from me." For indeed you have not been afflicted with the difficulty that I have been afflicted with. Which, which is true. I and mean, you're yeah, right. When you tell someone, say, hey, you don't know what I'm going through. You're right, I don't know what you're going through. What you're going through. وَلَمْ ta'rifu? This lady did not recognize who was the one who told her to remain patient and expect rewards. It was the Prophet الله عليه إِنَّهُ النَّبِيُّ الله عليه Indeed, it is the, it, that was the Prophet You've already lost your son. Now you're going to lose your Akhirah. What, what was that about? She came to the Prophet and then she mentions, I did not find any doorkeeper, any guard. This was the first time she was going to his house. She probably thought, you know, this is a big Nabi, big thing, so she, he, he must probably have uh, some guards. But he was a simple man living in a simple dwelling without anyone standing outside. So then she said, I'm so sorry. I simply didn't recognize who you were. فَقَالَ The Prophet ﷺ responded, إِنَّمَا صَبْرُ عِنْدَ الأولى. Indeed, the, patient, the, the patience that is rewarding and the patience that counts is the patience that happens as soon as the calamity befalls. Now, after one day, or after a couple hours, when you've cried as much as you possibly could, you've come to tell me, sorry, okay, but the ajr is gone, basically. You're not going to get your son back, either way, but you had the opportunity of gaining massive amounts of reward had you remained patient at that juncture. And this is the explanation I'm giving you. That is why some of the uh, wise men have said, "Allah." An intelligent man. Does on the first day of being afflicted with a problem That which an ignorant man does after many days An ignorant man After seven days of running around What does he say? Choro My money is gone I'll make sabr Right? Now she's not coming back He's not coming back This is what I want to forget it I'll just do sabr Inshallah, We'll look for something else now Look for some, another job. Look for another investment. Look to get married again. You, just, you, 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 you convince yourself that, you know what, you're going to move forward. An intelligent man does this convincing on the first day. That doesn't mean you're not allowed to grieve. That does not mean you're not allowed to cry. That does not mean you're not allowed to be sad. You're allowed to do all of that. But there should not be shikaya about Allah. Don't complain about Allah. You can complain to Allah, but you cannot complain about Allah. There's one word called shikaya, And there's one word called shikwa ilallah. A shikwa ilallah. That's what Yusuf A.S. did it, ashku wa huzni ilallah. Indeed, I only complain about my sadness and I only present my grief to Allah. And I know from Allah what you all, oh my sons, don't know. I know about the ajr, I know about the, the fact that the end will always be good for the believers. I've lost now three sons. And, but I still I'm gonna cry, cry. He cried. Didn't mean didn't stop from crying. He lost his eyesight out of crying. And he bottled up all the anger towards his sons inside himself. He didn't tell them that, you know what, I think what's going on amongst your guys. He kept it to himself. And he said, there's no point in talking to you all. I am only going to complain about my situation towards Allah. So that's fine. You can do that. So when someone is frustrated and venting to you, or I feel like I should vent to you, I should be reminded that there's no point about venting about Allah to you. I should rather speak to Allah directly. And guess what? As the more you cry in front of Allah, the more ajr you're going to get. Think about that. Share your whole sad story with Allah. And Allah is not going to mark you points off. He's going to give you points for coming to Him. So there is a place to cry. There is a place to vent. It's just that make sure you're at the right place. And that's on the Allah. That's with our hands raised in front of Allah. That's in the darkness of the night in the corner of our home. Speaking to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then not only are you allowed to do that, but you'll also get ajar. How many people out there really need a cold shoulder? I'm sorry, a, a shoulder, not a cold shoulder, but rather a, a shoulder upon which they can pr- lay their, rest their head and shed some tears. How many people today, as we speak, millions of people, millions of people, are yearning to find someone to speak to, someone to wipe their tears off someone to give him a hug. But my beloved brothers, and sisters and dear listeners, if we've learned how to speak to Allah, we won't be a handicap. We will never need anyone. If we know how to find good connection, and how to find comfort with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is where the issue lies. Is we don't know how to find comfort with Allah. May Allah allow you and I to learn how to do this. That when I have my musallah, I'm done, I don't need to look right left right. I'm alone, no you're not alone You're never alone <inaudible> Allah is the caretaker of the believers He's the best of helpers He's the best of caretakers just, just that one aspect that you have it right there You don't even have to call You simply speak You're too tired or too broken To raise your hands Then just speak without raise your hands And if you're too broken for your tongue to move Then let your heart do the talking if, or let your eyes do the talking, with tears, and that's that is great. So this is what a person needs to learn is how to turn to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala and speak to Him. This ishq and this love and this muhabba and this personal relationship with Allah. I beg Allah that He grants it to you and grants it to all of us, he grants it to me and, and our children and progeny. There wasn't a majlis. Rarely was there a gathering in which in which Rasulullah did not recite this dua. What dua? Allahumma qsim lana min khashyatika ma tahul bihi baynana wa bayna ma'asik, wa min ta'atik ma tuballighuna bihi jannatak, wa min al yaqeeni ma tahaawinu bihi alayna masa'ib dunya Oh Allah, grant us that amount of fear of Yours that would be a barrier between us and your disobedience. Oh Allah, Grant me that level of fear that I will not be tempted and will not be, have the audacity to disobey you. min ta'atik, And O Allah, grant me that level of obedience that will push me and get me into paradise. And number three, And O Allah, grant me that level of conviction and yaqeen that will make it easy for me to handle the difficulties of this world. Yaqeen. yaqeen When a person has yaqeen That whatever Allah decreed shall happen And that's exactly why I am going through what I am going through If Allah did not will it, it would have never happened So how dare I complain to anyone? How dare I raise a finger against Allah's decree? How dare I pout? How dare I express my anger at what Allah has decided? So how are we going to be able to handle the difficulties of the world? Yaqeen. Yaqeen that Allah is waiting for you. Allah will shall reward you on your sabr. This will make everything that you and I face easy. Ali رضي anhu mentioned, in sabarta imanan wa Indeed, you need to remain patient in the face of difficulty with faith and expectations of reward. Otherwise, you're going to suffer the suffering of animals or domesticated animals. What he means by that? Salawta, salawal baha'im means that an animal that's been under the control, brought under the control of its owner, say a donkey or a horse that is pulling a cart, and the owner hits it. قد, you know, Not good, but hits it. And painfully, what happens? The animal screams out, yells out. But what happens? Can it do anything? It cries. It may be in pain. But eventually it has to quiet down. It can't run anywhere. It can't go anywhere. It's stuck. It's, the food is going to come from that same owner. So he just goes through the pain. He screams and he yells. And eventually he quiets down and moves on. He said, if you don't have patience, that will happen. That the pain will come and go. And you're not going to get anything out of it. That's why if you want to be smart... Then the best way for you to do that is to be patient. Ali radiyallahu anhu. Another instance, if I if I think correctly, it was Ali He gave, he consoled a man who lost a son, and he said, "Ya Aba Fulan, O the father of so and so, إِنَّكَ إِن صَبَرْتَ نَفَذَتْ fika al-maqadiru wa If you are patient, then the destiny of Allah shall follow its course." And you shall get the reward. جزعت, but if you if you show displeasure, المقادير, then the decree of Allah shall move forward wa But instead of ajr, you will get sin. You'll get sin. So the smart way then is to remain patient. Umar رضي الله statement, powerful statement. Listen to this. He says. بِمَا أُصِبْتُ بِبَلَاءٍ إِلَّا كَانَ لِلَّهِ عَلَيَّ فِيهِ أَرْبَعُ نِعَمٍ I've never suffered or test, been tested by Allah But I always realized <clears throat> That Allah is blessing me with four things Every time I'm going through a difficulty I'm realizing Allah is blessing me with four things Number one I thank Him for the blessing أَنَّهُ في ديني, That this difficulty didn't come in my deen you lose a life, shahada, but a person loses his iman. A person gets into drugs, alcohol, <coughs> fist and fujur. A Person's doubting his faith. That's a big musiba. Number two, wa anna yakun akbar minu. I thank Allah that the difficulty could have been bigger and greater and more challenging than it is now. But Allah chose it to keep it at the level it is right now. Could have been worse. Number three, وَأَنِّي لَمْ أَحْرُمَ الْرِضَاءُ bihi, And the, I thank Allah that I am not deprived of being content with Allah's decree and being pleased with Allah's decree. And number four, وَأَنِّي أرجو عليه, I thank Allah for the blessing of making me hopeful of the reward I shall get by remaining patient. <coughs> Again, four things that I'm, Alhamdulillah, I'm not being tested in my deen. Number two, the difficulty is not is as what it is, it's not bigger than what it is, it, it could have been much worse. Number three, that I am not deprived of being content and pleased with Allah's decree. And number four, that I am been gifted with the ability to expect rewards from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He grants us this full meaning of patience throughout our life. Staying away from every haram, being able to remain firm on every good, and then whatever the decree of Allah comes in any facet of our life, may Allah grant us the strongest levels of patience in the first moments as it strikes. And may He keep our tests easy for us, for indeed we are very weak. We also ask Allah Azawajal to accept the shahada of the hundreds and thousands who have been killed in Syria and Turkey in the past week. And may He uh, truly make them all uh, shuhada, whose whose souls have reached Jannah before their blood has fallen to the ground, and I ask Allah Azza that all those loved ones who they've left behind, who are now having to go through the rubble and find their loved parents, their children, their siblings, unbelievable what they may be going through. That this Hadith fully uh, applies to them. I ask Allah that this this had, the manifestation that they become the manifestation of this Hadith. That the only thing that they're going to get now is Jannah. Uh, and that they never get tested again from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that once that they have gone through this. Inshallah, tomorrow we'll have our uh, weekly tafsir uh, as well. And additionally, one very important announcement for those who are listening online and those who are here as well, is that this Saturday, after a very long time, we'll have our guest speaker, Sheikh Tamim Ahmadi, coming in from California. It's been over three years, I think so. He came to the retreat. In May, before COVID, and um, we'll be having our second annual no-tech retreat, Saturday Maghrib to Sunday Maghrib. Simple, short, 24 hours. A very, uh, be, inshallah, something, not, you, it's, you know, a little bit different than what we're accustomed to in terms of our programs in the area, and even at Darussalam. That we encourage everyone, that we must fast, inshallah. And that we'll, get, we'll have Suhoor here, we'll have Iftar here, we'll have Tahajjud here, we'll have Dhikr here, and we'll have talks, inshaAllah, on spirituality. And it's called detox, so we leave our cell phones away from our home. I know there were individuals last year, almost everyone who came last year, which was our first one, walked away. Literally in 24 hours, I remember, people were crying. I'm exaggerating. They said, "This is crazy. This is like Ramadan. Totally. Like we feel like we've been here for ten days, and we're scared to go back out in the world. It's just been twenty-four hours, but we developed such a love with Allah." And in the uh, one person I remember, he came to me emotional, and he said, "This is the first time I, I actually sat and read the entire Surah Yasin in my life." Like Subhanallah, right? It's just amazing. So let's not miss this opportunity, beloved brothers and uh, who are listening here. I want all of you to quickly go online and, and register for the event. It's for free. But we need to make arrangements for Suhoor and Iftar. So I ask all of you to do that. Reach out to your family and friends across the country. How often did they get a chance to witness a program like this? So we have Marana Hamza Mehtar also, Alhamdulillah, coming in from California this weekend. So inshallah, he'll be speaking. We have some female scholars as well. So it'll be a great program. Sisters are, are definitely allowed, uh, are invited to attend, except for the sleeping part, they're allowed to inv- attend the entire event. Um, and they're not allowed to, rather I should say they're encouraged to benefit and attend the event. So let's, let's please make all makniyyah and, uh, and get, get our family, friends, our neighbors, contacts uh, you know, to come in. I remember last year, the weekend before the retreat, this no-tech retreat, I was on the other end of the country, west coast. And subhanAllah, I, was, I spoke I, went, I spoke in uh, one maghrib for a few minutes. There was 10-15 people there in one small masjid there. And so when one brother said, oh really, it's so far. But you know, I said, just come, trust me, just come. Can I come with my son? I said, yeah, just come with your son. So he booked tickets, you know, expensive tickets. Last minute probably four or five hundred dollars for him and his son. But afterwards you told me subhanAllah that was like the like you know the best the best twenty-four hours for before me and my son. it was so worth it, so worth it that we came for twenty-four hours from the other end of the country to come and benefit from something of this sort. So we are all locals here. Please make sure you spread the word and come in person <coughs> and invite others as well. Subhanallah bihamdihi, subhankullah biamdik nashadu la ilaha illa wa a staqfield assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. <speaking>